It is an honor to welcome a very special guest to the Vin News podcast. Rav Yitzhak Breidowitz is a magachir at Yeshiva Or Sameach. He's the Rav of Kehilas Or Sameach, a Musmach of Ne'er Yisrael, a Harvard Law graduate. And Rav Breidowitz was a tenured professor at the University of Maryland. And that is literally Miktza Shrachay Bafanov. There's a whole long list. And his uh, shiurim and question and answers are very, very popular, I think, all over the Internet at this point, Torah, anytime. And also, Rav Breidowitz, thank you so much for spending your time here. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Where can people find, there is somewhere to find your podcast, in addition to Tara, anytime in the other websites, you have like a podcast site, is that correct? Uh, I, do, I do not yet have my own podcast site, uh, but uh, the Q&A podcast is on the Orsameach site, ohr.edu. Perfect, ohr.edu, people should definitely check that out. Yeah. Okay, so I'm personally a huge fan of your shurim. I have so many questions, I don't know where to begin, but let's start with the Safer it's essentially been banned by certain Gedalim, certain Rosh Yeshiva. However, there are others who don't feel it deserves to be banned. So can you please share your thoughts on that? Well, you know, um, it's an uncomfortable place uh, to be in because obviously uh, I have tremendous coverage for Rosh Yeshiva, all Rosh Yeshiva. And uh, as a Rosh Yeshiva, they certainly have the right and even the Achrayas. Uh, maybe I wouldn't call it a ban or a cherem, but b'chalapachas to advise their talmidim what's for him are proper, what's for him are not proper. So, you know, it's not for me to to argue. Uh, but just in terms of my own experience, even before there was any, any announcement about this at all, I happened to have discovered, you know, uh, the first edition of the Sefer was the Pshuto Shal Rashi, which is the commentary on Rashi, which I understand is no controversy at all. And then in the second edition, they added a, a compartment in the Sefer, which was to give the shitas of other Rishinim to be Mazbir Pshuto Shomikra. And I remarked to people, gee, I really like this. It, you know, it really gives you a running ability to read the Psukim of Chumash because Rashi does not explain every phrase. Rashi does not always explain the continuity of Psukim. And in this Pshuto Shomikra feature, I actually found a lot of things that helped a person understand the Hemshech of Chumash. So I thought it was a very, very good thing. Then all of a sudden I get hit with these various uh, denunciations. And at the end of the day, the denunciations do not appear very strong to me. I mean, uh, part of it is, well, how can you call anything Pshuto Shomik rather than Rashi? We have a Messiah. Yeah, the truth of the matter is we don't necessarily have such a Messiah. Rashi is 100% the, the most important, the Iker Parish of the Chumash. But you have Kama Rishainim, uh, whether it's Ramban, whether it's Rashbam, who's Rashi's own Anakal, certainly the Eben Ezra, uh, who are Chaylaik on Rashi and Inyanim of Pshat. And then you have the Nitziv and the Meshechachma. You have modern, relatively modern uh, Mephorshim that are Chaylaik. Now, I understand that for me, for a person just to give his own Pshat, you know, that might be a Chutzpah, but, but certainly this Pshuta Shomikrach is a Ligut of, of these other Sforim. So I don't see any problem with offering Pshutai Shal Mikra because so much of Rashi is based on drushes of Teresh Abalpeh and the like, which Lahalacha are binding. But in Pshutai Shal Mikra, the Rishayim themselves felt that they had a Rishas to be Mefarish. So I, I just didn't understand really what the problem is. So some people say it's a problem of positioning on the page. <laughs> that Pshutai Shal Mikra column is, is on top of Rashi. Okay. That's a cosmetic thing. I, I, I personally don't think it's a big deal, but okay. Uh, they could easily, easily reformat it. So I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a good safer. And, and the emphasis, I understood that Reverend Feldman himself, who initially, the Shiva of Nair Israel, 
yeah. who initially was represented as signing a, a cherem or denunciation, actually said, Lo hayu devar Now, oh, I really? understand that people are now saying, yeah, but then it gets crazy. This is the crazy world we live in because I, I saw him issue another statement of lahadam, and then I hear that the lahadam is lahadam. So, you know, so who, who knows what's going on here? <laughs> Wow. Uh, it's very, very hard to, t- it's very hard to trust anything really. So you know, ain't the dying on us, ain't of Reyes. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm a rebbe, I'm a teacher. I, I mean, I, 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 since the reliability of these things is mamish, mamish up in the air, unfortunately, and that's a real chaval, that's a real, real chaval and avla. So I have to go with with what I think is is good, and and I, I think this is a safer that. Uh, Yireya Lokim did produce, Tamirei Chachamim did produce, and uh, the Taifun seems very good to me. So I, I wouldn't, I, I just don't see a real Makam to be overly concerned. Now, maybe you could taina that maybe on the elementary level it shouldn't be the, the safer for a cheder because you have to be Madrich, a Tinaik, Tinaikashal based Rabban, to, to focus on Rashi first. But certainly for a Mabugar, I, 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 I see it as perfectly good. Very interesting. I did hear you make the point on a recording that even if somebody does have some sort of issue with the Safer, but it's interesting that they chose that for the Kalkari. There are so many more issues that seem so much more critical. I mean, drug use. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, I, think, I, I think so. It's just, just, ama- it's just amazing <laughs> what becomes... Uh, an issue compared to child abuse, <laughs> yeah. things so, that are really, really churban in the world. You know? and, and just on the topic of banning and cherem, on a more broad scale, I'm not talking about somebody who's a <laughs> kaifer baker, someone who's a mummer, but somebody like you said, a Eurasian mayim. And I'm curious, like where that even comes from. You know, so many times the beer halacha, the mishabura will say, "Ain limchas biyad hamakilin." You know, we're, we're not a society of people who make mechaz that freely. Is, is that correct? Well, uh, I, I think things have changed, and, you know, it, it's hard to understand. I mean, I think uh, there is uh, perhaps a, a, you know, Nixon used to talk about, Havdel used to talk about a silent majority of Americans. I, I think there may be a silent majority, even among Marbite Taira, uh, who feel that somehow the, the culture of condemnation and the culture of excluding things, Michutz Lamachana, it's just gotten much, much stronger than, than it than it used to be. Uh, the notion of shivim panim latayra and the idea that even if we have chiluke deus, I could be misyachas and covered. I mean, not everything has to be an issue of a condemnation and the like. So I, I think it's gotten much, much, much stronger. Now, why is that so? Well, I, I, can, I can give speculations why it's so. Uh, we live in a time where there are movements in orthodoxy. Talk about open orthodoxy, for example, movements to the left that are mamish, 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 pirates, gedorim, in fact, open orthodoxy, I would not call uh, orthodoxy, but whatever, I'm just using the name that they yeah. use, uh, gay marriage, other things like that. So there's kind of a circle the wagons mentality, meaning to say, uh, I think in some ways we've been forced to become more rigid, uh, more exclusionary, more uh, you know, limiting simply because there's so much preachers out there that's emistic of preachers that people feel we just have to be much more insular. I, I don't know if I agree with that, Cheshman. I mean, I think that Cheshman can backfire because if you don't create, I'm not going to say that the firm world is a big tent in which everything goes. For states, that's not MS. 
But if you don't have a little bit of a bigger miscarriage, uh, what's going to happen is uh, people who can't live within the confines of the narrow tent are going to have to go chutzlamachana. I mean, I think in Svora, it's better to be a little more open than overly insular. But the cheshman of the insularity is, I think, a reaction to uh, movements that are mamish, being porates, skidresh, alolem. Very interesting. I actually saw a quote recently, something like, uh, from a while back, something like, the reason that so many kids are going off the derech is because you made the derech so narrow. I don't know if that was Shlomo Feifeld, somebody. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I mean, these are controversial statements, but uh, in my experience, in my feeling, feeling, that's very, very MS, actually. You make a derech so narrow that, like, so many people can't be on that derech. So you got to broaden it a little bit, but but it's a challenge because it doesn't mean everything goes. There are standards, there are Yusaitis, there are Ikre Amuna. Uh, there are things we cannot uh, really compromise on. But where it's Shaykh uh, to be Makabal different Rachim, we don't have to make everything, uh, you know, a uh, Shail of Apikorsis when it doesn't have to be Mugder in that way. Right. Okay, moving separate topics, sort of related. Uh, there's been a controversy about something called lace top shaitals. I don't know how familiar you are with that issue, and if you have any thoughts about that. Well, uh, again, uh, you know, this is something that's mustered to the price game. I mean, the one thing I want to say is that um, I, I myself do not consider it to be us, or but, but, but in Hilchas Sinias, there is a very, very big side that one has to adhere to the minhagim of B'nai Yisrael Kesheres in any given makam. So uh, if in any given makam there is, uh, you know, the Mayre Hara have said this is not a Anog of Tzniyas, so Alpidin, uh, the Nashim Tzidkaniyas are Mechuyabais, which means even if something is Mutter Alpidin, it may become Nasar Mitam Mina, Mitam Das Yehudis, and the like. So it's not for me to be Mekel for any particular community. But but as you know, this is really a hamshacha of a much older debate about shaitos in general. I mean, many there were Kamavakama Paiskim who felt that the human hair, once, once we started with the human hair shaitl as opposed to the old mop, mop shaitles of many, many years ago, uh, you already have a problem because uh, it's as pretty as a person's hair. Maybe it's better and nicer than a person's hair. And uh, how is it shaykh to say that that's called the kisli harayish? Uh, among American yeshiva like the, the minig is to have sheitlach, but in Eretz Yisrael, uh, many, 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 many are against it, probably Yashiv, etc. So this is kind of taking the human hair sheitlach and going one step a little further, which is already being myself on something that Kamavakama Gedalim in Eretz Yisrael uh, are, are against. But Neostaiti, again, uh, if you matter the concept of sheitl generally, I don't see this as so much worse. Interesting. Than but, that, but yeah. Yeah, right. No, that was kind of, I think, the question some people had is that, uh, as you're alluding to, if there's, if human shaitla, it seems, I guess, to uh, an amateur observer like myself, a little arbitrary. If if human shaitla are okay, even though to most people or to many it looks like natural hair, then where do you kind of draw the distinction? Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's really the issue. I mean, the issue is that uh, human hair shaitels generally is a big, big, big machlekes. And there are those that say that's totally paritz mitzadatzmai. And you may look, halvachaymer, this thing, this is, which is a little, a little worse. But uh, as you just said, I mean, uh, once you, you know, <laughs> once you've gone past that line and you match the human hair shaitel, 
I'm just not sure if there's any any principle or any side uh, to Taasir Taasirus. Very interesting. But once again, uh, if, if a kahila has been makabel, uh, a person has to keep the hanhagas of the kahila. Right, understood. Uh, moving to a separate topic, new topic, abortion. Paulus uh, Uber, and I specifically want to pick your brain, especially because of your you know legal expertise, constitutional expertise, in addition to halakha, hashkafa. And I realize this also enters into the category of halakha. Last year, of course, the Supreme Court in the United States overturned Roe v. Wade and sent the issue back to the states. Obviously, that created all sorts of controversies um, in you know the American political system. And as from Jews, I'm wondering, uh, should we – is it very clear that we should fully support any law that prohibits abortion? I did see some sort of debate even within uh, from circles, Orthodox Jew, Jewish circles, that there's a concern maybe it could become too strict. And maybe they would even ban abortions in situations where the health of the mother is at risk. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, this is a, a bit of a debate within the modern Orthodox. I, I don't mean the open, but I'm talking about you know within the OU and 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 and, and the like, uh, where some people argue that uh, if you know, for example, if you have a state that allows abortion, let's say, so Mimela, a religious person, will go to the Rav, and the Rav will matter only b'makam bikuach nefesh, etc., and. Uh, a permissive abortion allows the woman to make decisions based on frumkite. There is a fear that if you would have a secular law, even if the secular law would mamish mimic halacha, let's assume you had Louisiana that has a law, abortion is only permitted if the mother's life is in danger. So you might say, oh, that's kavaldic. That's exactly what Jewish law says, even for b'nei Nayach, right? But the right. problem is, at that point, the definition of pikuach nefesh, or mother's life in danger, is not going to be the rub's psak. It's going to be the uh, district attorney of New Orleans or whatever, and it's shayach that a rav might paskin that a given situation is life-threatening because of psychological distress or whatever, and uh, the woman or the doctor could get in trouble because the, the secular court doesn't agree. So some have made the argument that even if religiously halacha says we're pro-life, which of course halacha does say that, but politically we're better off with pro-choice because pro-choice enables us to follow halacha without interference by the state. So that's uh, a little bit of a dreidel whereby uh, <laughs> some Orthodox rabbis have supported liberalization of abortion laws. I hear the taina. What they're raising is a theoretical taina. But Lamaisa number one, it's very, very rachak, meaning say it's very, very rachak that if a Rav considered a Masaf to be Pikuach Nefesh, that somehow uh, the Attorney General would be more mach, or the State's Attorney would be more machmer, meaning it's a theoretical possibility. It's not much of a real possibility. And second of all, you have to worry about this. You know, the Rambam says in Hilchus Malachim, that we Yidden are mechuyev to try to get the non-Jewish world to keep the Sheva Mitzvah Meneinayach. So what are you going to say? Uh, since a, 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 pro, uh, a pro-life strict abortion law might be difficult in some rare cases about Jews, therefore we should go for pro-choice, which will allow, who knows, a half a million per state, half a million Goyim and Jews to have abortions. Meaning to say, even in terms of a cost-benefit calculus, in terms of, Halacha, uh, you know, you're causing, you're going to cause many, many, many hapalas in order that there should be hap, the few hapalas kedin that there shouldn't be a conflict. So it, it's not a, it's not that much of a sensible calculus. Although I do hear the argument in abstracts for it. 
Okay, very interesting. And my uh, thought when, when I reaction when I first heard of you know the, it being overturned last year, what, maybe yeah, I'm just yeah. oversimplifying it was that just think of the Jewish babies that are saved. In other words, assuming this deters some women because some are going to go out of state, but there are women who are deterred yeah, and yeah. Jewish women who are not from who would have been Mapaluber who now no, say, yeah, all right, yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah, you know, you're 100 percent correct. I mean, I, I mean, I brought in the Rambam about the, about the, uh, keeping Noah Chaydla, but but you're right. I mean, the MS is, uh Jewish women have a very high percentage of abortion, and if this will save Yiddish lives, that's even a more important thing. I do want to say one thing though. There's one aspect in which I I, I do want to be a little liberal on it, and that is that uh, I believe very strongly. This is really a political statement, but I, th- I think it's Miusen and Stoka, that any state that's going to take a tough abortion stance also has to create a welfare system and support system for women that have children. You can't just be of these women to carry the children and then not help them uh, when they're stuck without husbands, without uh, without family, and the like. You know, there is a joke that the pro-choice movement makes about the pro-life that the pro-life begin says life begins at conception and ends at birth <laughs> meaning once the kid <laughs> is born there and i i think that that that's a shanda because again uh, in a jewish religious society if there were such situations uh you know there would be tzedakah there would be kamilas chesed there would be maestas that would that would be metapel you just wouldn't leave a person to fend for themselves and i think that's an important so or that uh, we need to be aware of. And now, should this uh, be a cheshbon, should this be a factor, let's say when we're voting uh, in state elections, at least in certain states, where it could really make a difference in, when you're choosing a governor, choosing a state legislator, should we cheshbon the fact that, wait a second, if we vote Republican, that Republican may then pass a law to uh, allow to permit abortions as opposed to a Democrat who would ban it or keep a prohibition intact? I think I think you, did you reverse Democrat and Republican? I, the Democrats are more likely to be. Uh, maybe I did. I don't know. But yeah, in other Democrats, words, it should, yeah, should yeah. we be voting Republican yeah, yeah, right, right, because right. it helps our abortion yeah. stance? Was the question? Was well, I meant to yeah, ask? Yeah. So, so here, here's the thing: it, it's another pressure that that should be a factor because of that. When I choose a political candidate, I, I, a part of my decision would be a political candidate who advances the views that I believe are the Russian Hashem. Uh, so, so surely that would be a factor where things get very, very complicated though, is that unfortunately things are recholent. So let's imagine, for example, that the pro choice candidate uh, is a better, a bigger supporter of Israel, let's say in Congress or, or, or whatever it is, or, uh, is tougher on crime. Now, now the truth is a lot of, a lot of these will correlate with, with pro-life goofa, but one could imagine that there may be a split on certain issues, right. and then uh, there's always a very, very difficult shaila of how do you how do you prioritize? Uh, meaning to say, this guy is better in this union, and this guy is better in this union. Like which is going to be more machria? So I'm not sure. I mean, on one hand, you could say, well, uh, stopping abortions is kemach nefesh inyan for the Vladis, right? So you yeah. might say that's the most important issue. But I, I'm not, I'm not sure if Alpihalacha that's going to be so. Because remember that Miyikara Din, we don't regard the Uber as the equivalent to a born human being, even though there's an issue of abortion. So it could be that other shikula like uh, support for Eretz Yisrael, uh, uh, better uh, police uh, enforcement, uh, 
for the people who are already living. You know, so I, I'm not saying it has Kadima over everything, but it is an important issue, and I think it should I be on the radar. Very interesting, and I need to mention it, why it's so refreshing every time I hear you discuss and analyze and break down these types of topics is because I literally, you know, you'll and not to criticize anybody, but all of us have this knee-jerk reaction. We pick our one value that we care about. Oh, you should vote for this candidate because this, or vote for this candidate, and you're looking at it very objectively and saying, yeah, 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 100%, we have to advance our values, but we have many, many values, and now we got to figure out. It was just, it's a very, very refreshing uh, kind of objective look at it, which I appreciate. <laughs> no, again, again, now, maybe in real life, this may not be as hard, because the truth of the matter is, uh, the people who are pro-life tend to be in agreement with us on many other things as well. So it could be, right. once again, I'm, I'm sketching out a theoretical problem. Maybe Lemaise, it may not be quite as difficult. Right. Understood. But I must ask, because it's kind of like, I wasn't sure if I should bring this up, but it's kind of like the elephant in the room. You know, there are there is a school of thought out there that if a certain candidate is uh, someone who panders to Jewish organizations where we have a very close relationship with and they're going to give a lot of, give us a lot of funding, then, you know, that kind of takes prevalence because of our connection, even though sometimes that candidate really does not represent Yiddish values, really represents the left and, you know, a lot of, I guess, what yeah. we call immoral stances. Yeah. So... Yeah, but that's a, that's a very difficult issue, and of course, in in Eretz Israel, we we actually face that all the time. Right. Uh, you know, money, money. They say money is the root of all evil. Hakesav Yana Sako. And the truth of the matter is, and the truth of the matter is, though, that uh, this is not just greed. I mean, Lamaisa, uh, we need money for Amristas, uh, help for yeshivas. I mean, this is very, very important in 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 many many ways. But uh, I think it's important not to compromise the basic morality that you want to advance in society. I, I, I don't think we should compromise morality in order to get economic advantage. I mean, the Abishter will, will give us from one place or another, it will come. Uh, we shouldn't, just like you wouldn't, just like a yeshiva shouldn't take money from a Russia or from a, a, a you know, a drug dealer. Right? <laughs> you don't say that right. the money overrides it. So I think in pol- politics, it's ain't a similar thing. You don't get a guy whose whole hashkafa is connected uh, what you, what Hashem wants us to have as a society, because economically you're going to benefit. Even your yeshivas are going to benefit. That that's not enough of a reason. Very interesting. I have a couple more questions, but only if the rav has time. I don't want to take up the rav's too much time. Uh, yeah, yeah oh, sure. Okay, thank you. Uh, pictures of women. This is another issue which has been the source of a lot of controversy. Very emotionally charged issue. Uh, pictures of females in magazines and from publications, from magazines, from newspapers, and I'm talking about sneistic women, and we know that there are publications yeah, that go both yeah. ways. Yeah, the Rav knows where I'm, where I'm going here, so curious your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, I, 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 I don't want to criticize. I mean, all I can say is that in the Litzvah Taira world, going back to Europe, going back to the Chavit Chaim, Rav Chaim Eiser, and, and before... They never made this. Was just, this was never a big deal. If you go back to the newspapers of the time, I mean, there were pictures of women. I mean, they weren't prominent, just women, but you know, uh, pictures of the Chavitz Chaim uh, sitting with Rabbi Chanan Wasserman, uh, you know, with with the number of women in the picture surrounding Rabbi Baruch Bear. I've seen the pictures. Uh, there were pictures in magazines of Sarishner Space Yaakov. So it just wasn't an Indian. It was just part of life. And, uh, you know, they were dressed Sanua and uh, etc. So really, uh, the Messiah comes much more from the Hasidic Shevelt. The Hasidic Shevelt had a stronger Indian of Harchaka. 
And uh, for various reasons, a lot of the decisions of these magazines, I think, are not necessarily hashkafa. It's economics. <laughs> if it's a lot of their customers, <laughs> a lot of their, if a lot of their readers are Hasidim, they better put stuff that Hasidim aren't going to boycott. <laughs> so I'm not going to necessarily say that people are having a shita here. I think it's much more a response to their customer base. Now, Hasidim had a different mesera. I mean, even in America, I'm not saying we should go back to this, but I was told, and again, I'm, I, I don't want, I don't want to say I know for sure a hundred percent. So. I'm, I'm being mocked him that this is what I heard, that uh, at uh, Chasna's a very chash of the G'daylim, uh they didn't have mixed dancing, of course, but they did have mixed seating. They had mixed seating. A husband sat with their with their wives. I heard this by Rav Meisher, by Rav Yaakov, Kama, Chasna. Uh, now, now, no no Ben Tyra, a few yeshivas still have it, but but uh, no Ben Tyra has a Chasna with mixed seating today. So things changed. Uh are we more chashuv than those free adikadiris? No, we're probably not. But maybe, like I said before, uh, because the door itself got much more parrots, so we got to become, you know, stricter on the other, on the other side. All I can say is, it, it wasn't my messiah. It wasn't not my messiah. It wasn't uh, the litvish messiah uh, for such a thing. Uh, in a sense, we borrowed it from Hasidim and Hungarian, which had a different uh, different type of messiah. You know, they have a messiah. Chavitz Chaim Meir Shapiro once came to Rad, and the Chavitz Chaim invited him. For a Shabbos Suda. And Ramir Shapiro requested to the Chavitz Chaim that the Viber should sit in the kitchen. The women should be in the kitchen. The Chavitz Chaim said, I have to withdraw the invitation. I have to sit with my wife in the Shabbos table. <laughs> you see, it was a different, it was a different, a different Mahalach that, 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 that way. Now, what bothers me though is this. If, if this would stop as I being Machmir, okay, be Machmir, because into hate, be Machmir, maybe we need our Chakas. But the problem is, if if people are being hurt, if people are being humiliated, if women feel that uh, it's ki'ilu, they, they don't exist in the world, I, I'm not sure if, if these chumras are kedai. I mean, there is an union of kavadabriyas, there is an union of not being malbin, uh, p'nei chavei, right? And that's why I think it's it's a painful issue a little bit. Like, you know, a man may think, and, you know, that's what I would normally think, well, you know, you're in the picture, you're not in the picture, but apparently there are many, many women that, are very, very hurt by this. So I think one has to rethink. Uh, oh. The Chiyai Gavna is such a Chumra Kedai if it's Mamish Pregeya, the feelings of people. You, you read my mind. That was my next question was, could, could one call it Machmer on Yenem's Cheshben? Because I guess somebody... Could, yeah, like, yeah. The, that, yeah, right. please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that, that, that's the issue. It was also Lantra's famous, famous word, not to be a Tzadik on Yenem's Cheshben. Uh, and the like. Now, again, again, uh, if uh, the lavush is not sanua, if it's just, if it's a picture only of a woman or something, you know, one could imagine Ifanim where it's kedai to be machmer. But you know, you have a group picture, and uh, you know, there happens to be a woman, uh, you know, in a picture with 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 other people, etc. You know, if that's going to hurt, this, that's going to hurt people. Uh, it's a very important union not to not to be pagay and kapitabrius. I mean, even even in the halacha of Eisek uh we have halachas that you can, even though you're not supposed to be mistakel isha, but you can look at the woman when you're talking to her. She's talking to you, so she shouldn't think you're crazy, turning away. You know, et huh, right. So, uh, so we have built into the system. We have this union. Of a certain level of covered abrius in the in the male female relationship. Very interesting. What well, uh, next question? I'll just ask point blank. Uh, how old is the universe? 
<laughs> well, I don't want to get I don't, I don't want to get into trouble to this. Okay. I mean, uh, obviously, our well, okay. Let me just say let me just say this. Uh, I would refer people to the um, the Tzvaris Yisrael Jerush or Hachayim that's printed in the Mishnayos after Masechet Sanhedrin, in which he's masbir that although uh, from from Bracious onwards, from Bracious Baral Kim is only 5,783, and, you know, plus the days, you know, the, the five days before Adam, etc. Uh, but but the Emma says, based on the Medrash of Bayre Lama Sumachrivan, there were Friedek of Elton that Hashem created and destroyed, and instead of looking at them as other planets, it could be Mamish, the Earth itself went through, this is what Rosh says, the Earth itself went through different cataclysms, and that fits ice ages, and that fits dinosaurs, and that fits other inyanim. So uh, let me just point out, the Tferish Yisrael is not saying, not saying that the days of the Sheish Yishimei Bereshis are more than 24 hours. That's another Mahalach, and many people question that. Right. Because of Shabbos, because Shabbos is... He's, he's not saying that. He's saying the Sheish Yishimei Bereshis are taka 24 hours. But the archaeological claim, claims or the astronomical claims that the world is older is based on their remnants of these prior worlds, which means they are before Bracious. And that's what Chazal said when they say, don't ask, you know, uh, that's kind of, we can't really delve into that. But that would be the shaykhis. That would be the shaykhis of how you can get billions and billions of years without being Saiser the 5783 of Mycenae. Very interesting. And is it just fair to say... So, just... so, so again, people should look People should look at, yeah. uh, at the Drush or Chaim. And uh, Ravari Kaplan uh, also developed uh, this even in more detail in terms of exactly that... The measurement of time before the Sheshish Mebrachis was based on the Kaddish Baruch year, not on our year, and, and, and that's how we get to actually billions of years in this case. Okay, my final question, at least for now, uh, I have many more, but we'll just end with this. What question uh, would Rabbeidowitz ask himself? Is there any issue that you feel should be addressed that is out there? Maybe something you have been asked, but a lot of times you're responding to questions that are out there. So I'm just wondering... You know, something that is not brought up or is not typically focused on. If you have any thoughts you want to share. Well, um, I, I don't know if I have a particular question that hasn't been brought up. I mean, questions get brought up, but, but there are questions that still need constant refinement, constant machshava. I mean, some of these are very famous questions. They're very old questions. I mean, the, the, the question of Ashkacha Pratis versus Teva. And, uh, you know, for example, the Chavis Halavava says that it's not Shaykh for a person to get one more penny than HaKadosh Baruch Hu was geyser for him on Rosh Hashanah, right? The famous thing that no matter what you do, you're not going to yeah. be Mishana. But then you see L'chayra Maisim B'chol Yaim, a guy works more, he gets more money, right? The, the question is, a thing that's very unclear, and this is, you know, Chavis Alvavis, Ramchal, and Das Tavunas, but still, with all of this, there's still a lot of bilble and a lot of confusion uh, as to what is the Hashkacha Pratis of HaKadosh Baruch Hu versus what is the Teva that Hashem made in the world uh, that applies? And when does one Hanhaga apply? When does another Hanhaga apply? And that's something that needs a lot of a uh, lot of beer and a lot of subtlety. And uh, even within a single Rishayim, like the Rambam and the Ramban, there are Shtiris. Uh, so you can't, you know, people take a quote from this Ramban, but there's another Ramban that says the other way, etc. 
So uh, these are issues. And then, of course, the whole issue of my Bechira impacting on you, right? I'm a Baal Bechira, so yeah. can I decide to kill you? If the, Right, the Orachayim, and, and what does the Orachayim mean? So I think the issue of Hashkocha, Teva, Bechira, how to integrate all of those concepts is a real, really, really hard, hard issue to, to figure out. Yeah, interesting. Yes, absolutely relevant yeah, to our and lives. And the, and the other... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. And the other issue, which I, again is very Nogaya, you know, uh this may be my pet peeve, so maybe I get more annoyed than <laughs> I should. You know, uh our Talmudim come in and one of the things we teach them is the Tarish of Alpeh was given to Moshe Misinai. So at some point they absorb the idea that every word of the Gemara was given to Moshe Rabbeinu until Ravashi's time when they were gonna forget it, so they had to write it down. Now, that means when Rabbi Akiva is talking to Rabbi Yoshua and Rav is debating with Shmuel, they're like reading from a script or something that was handed down that they're supposed to say it. So obviously uh, that's not the case. Right. I mean, uh, it's kasha, teret, it's pilpal. I mean, the same thing we do in our base midrash, although infinitely higher than us, that's what they did. They were, they were learning, they were analyzing. So one of the fundamental questions again again and there are some to talk about it but it's it's you know it's not always treated systematically is on one hand the gemara is a literary work it is a created work it is a dialogue it is a discussion it involves creativity and swara and thought and yet the teresh abalpez so how do you reconcile the immutable teresh abalpez of hashem with the creativity and thought of Tanoim Amorim and even Rishayim and Achreinim. So that, that's an important thing that has to be addressed. Very, very interesting. Right, it's funny. On that note, I just saw this past Shabbos, Parshas Truma, uh, that the, the Chavetz Chaim Ahatayra, he says that when uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was in Eskasha with the creation of the Menorah, and a Kodesh Baruch who shows him, yeah. he says that really symbolizes that Moshe Rabbeinu was shown at Har Sinai, Kol Masha, Talmud Vasek Asad Lachadish. In other words, that's not just Moshe Rabbeinu struggling. That's all like part of the design that the Menorah represents Tershav Al Peh, yeah. and Akadosh Baruch was actually showing Moshe Rabbeinu Tershav Al Peh hasn't even been right. all discovered yet. So it's very, very fascinating. Right, right. But what, but what Moshe Rabbeinu was shown is not what Bnei Yisrael were told. We were not told all of that. Ah. That was way, that was, that was left to be discovered and uncovered. It's just amazing. But, uh, but the, the questions you, you've asked are, Truly, truly fascinating. Well, thank you very much, and Bezra uh, Hashem, we should get together again. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yes, it's been fascinating and enlightening. Thank you. This is really, really okay. much appreciated. Rav Yitzhak Breidowitz, Magachir Yeshiva Ar Sameach on the Vin Podcast. Yes, Kayach. Call to be well. Bye-bye.